The Wicked Game Written by R. M. Smith Narrated by Kenny James I can't do this anymore. I can't go on. Lying on my back on this cold cement, gritty dirt covering my sweaty skin, pebbles scratching my skin. I'm bruised, shot, bleeding. Blood's drying on my arm, my shoulder, my face. My muscles ache. My ribs are broken. So much throbbing pain. I have to stay down. I gotta keep hiding. I don't want to be seen. Don't want to be taken from the game. I don't think I can make it. Hurts so damn bad. Stay in the dark. Stay in this shed. It's been a good spot. Keep staying here. He won't find me. He hasn't found me yet. I gotta stay here. Gotta keep quiet. Gotta keep my head straight. Keep calm. Someone's at the door. Shit! Inbound. Predetermined. I was in a seat by myself near the back of a moving GameCore bus. There were lined seats with a gray-black-gray-black-gray striped pattern. A loud, irritating squeak overhead in one of the ceiling frames a few rows back echoed back and forth through the bus as we traveled. Other passengers around me were sitting alone in their seats, their heads and shoulders swaying back and forth, up and down as the bus trundled along. In the dark of night, we were heading to our predetermined destination. The destination was set. It was a neighborhood in a traditional housing district. No game member could be from there. No members could know anyone, couldn't have any relatives, nor could have friends from the neighborhood. We couldn't be familiar with the neighborhood's layout. We weren't allowed an advantage over another member. The game neighborhood had to be totally unfamiliar to us. We had to sign papers acknowledging that we knew nothing about the place where our game was going to be played. We were going to play hide-and-seek. We all knew, now, that it was going to be played somewhere here in Atlanta. We found out only two days before leaving our homes that it was going to be in Atlanta. Airline tickets had been sent by certified mail to our homes. Instructions accompanying the airline tickets told us only to bring enough clothes for a two-night stay at the hotel that had been reserved in our name. Toiletries would be furnished by the hotel, and food would be provided by an adjoining restaurant. There was no reason to bring cash unless we wanted to buy refreshments on the plane or at the hotel. It was just a simple game of hide-and-seek, where adults competed for cash to be the last player untagged. Nothing more, nothing less. There were no gimmicks. It was just a silly game. The last player untagged would win $10,000. There were 22 other people on the bus with me. There were 15 men and 7 women. Two of the other men weren't game members. One was the bus driver. The other was a game leader. The leader was standing at the front of the bus, gripping an overhead handhold as the bus moved along. He stared at us, changing his gaze from person to person, his body moving with the bus's movement. There was something odd about him, something about his persona. It was like he was studying us, getting to know us, looking for a weakness. Everyone else on the bus was casually dressed other than the leader and the driver. 
One man had a large glob of chew in his bottom lip. He was spitting in an oversized plastic cup. He was in a seat by himself next to me. The smell of his chew was nearly overwhelming, a strong wintergreen flavor. Thankfully, the bus had a good ventilation system. Behind him, a heavyset woman was eating a bag of popcorn. No one was sitting behind me. Game leaders were men only. They dressed in sharp-looking game uniforms. The clothing reminded me of a policeman's uniform. Black shirt and pants, red stripes on the long sleeve, blue on the short. They wore their insignia on top of their right shoulder or on the edge of their hat close to the ear. 